Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basic Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. This is soon to be Jake. Jake, we are nine days away from night one of the NFL draft. How fucking excited are you? Can't wait, man. Cannot wait. Oh, it's Christmas. It's it, it, We talk about this all the time. We said it a thousand times in this podcast. I'm going to say it again. It is better than the fucking Super Bowl. All 32 teams involved. Yes, for the nerds. It, it is a night for the nerds. Um, on today's program, we are going to be doing the linebacker prospect profiles. We will be covering those. On Friday, you will be hearing the secondaries, so uh, corners and safeties. And then a change. Monday, it will be mock draft day for not just Jake, but for myself. We will be doing both of our mocks on the same podcast. That will be on Monday. Tuesday, Adam and I will come on. We will do a little last-minute draft show. And then if anything happens on Wednesday or Thursday, I will come on and do a last-minute fill-in on what to expect for night one of the NFL draft. Then Adam and I will be recording after night one, Thursday night, we will be doing that show, and that will be out for you in your inboxes on Friday. And then Monday after the draft, Jake and I will be doing a whole draft roundup from a fantasy perspective. We'll be talking about uh, the best, biggest risers, biggest fallers. Hopefully, I will have some some sort of concrete ranks that we could uh, just kind of go off of. And then also that week for all the dynasty players, Jake and I will also be doing a dynasty show. So for all the dynasty people that are begging and screaming and hollering for some sort of dynasty coverage, you got it. It'll be coming the week after the draft. Before we get into the linebackers, we have to get some news and notes. So let's get to it. In the biggest non-story possibly of all time, Saquon Barkley will not be signing his tender, his, tender, his franchise tag uh, before the Giants offseason program. This is the biggest non-story in the history of non-stories. It is absolutely ridiculous why this is even the thing. Um, I absolutely love to go at the New York Giants for absolutely everything that is bad and that happens to them. Uh, this is simply not one of those things that I would particularly go after the New York Giants for. A non-story completely. He is fine. I am not moving him in my ranks one single spot up, one single spot down. Same thing goes for Dexter Lawrence. He has an unresolved contract situation. He wants a new contract and will not be reporting to the Giants offseason program. Uh, some ownership news as the commanders and Dan Schneider are close to agreeing a sale led by Josh Harris. There'll be a new group. Josh Harris, for any of those that are unaware, uh, is the co-owner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the group that is going to purchase the commanders is includes uh, the likes of Magic Johnson. Uh, Trace McSorley signed a deal with the New England Patriots. Probably will be the backup there. Um, nothing really to report from a fantasy sense on that one. Justin Watson is headed back to the Kansas City Chiefs on a two-year deal. Uh, Bud Dupree signing a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. So the Falcons are getting some pass rushing help in a department where they really need to improve. They were one of they were the lowest sacking team in the entire NFL last year. 
Uh, Buda Baker has requested a trade from the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Jake, is this much of a surprise? No, they're a rebuilding team. Probably, I, I kind of think he has the destination in mind. I, I think it's a very calculated move by Buda Baker. Um, you know, just a spoiler alert. I think he goes to the Philadelphia Eagles, Temple okay. Kid. Um, and Eagles obviously have a void now that CJ Gardner Johnson is no longer in the fold. I, I'm not really the craziest about Buda Baker, to be honest with you. I think he's a very limited player. Um, I'm not saying he's not talented or anything like that, but for a box safety, just don't think he's worth the north of $15 million to a team that he'll probably get. But God bless him. I mean, good for him, but I wouldn't want him on my team. I got two I got price. two I got two words for you. Jamal Adams. <laughs> that that has to be one of the biggest heists that I've seen in the last yeah. like 10 years, right? Oh, two yeah. first round picks and a third. Yeah, and so, and somehow Seattle hasn't really paid the price for it. Jet, certainly helped the Jets out. They got Garrett Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker in a big way. Picks. In a in big a, way. In a oh big, my God. big, big way. Uh, Chosen Anderson, formerly Robbie Anderson, is signing with the Miami Dolphins. Jake, is this a story at all? The Dolphins just love the ex-Jet scrubs, man. It's crazy. Jet South. Jet South for a reason. Chris Conley signed a one-year deal with the San Francisco 49ers. Jeff Driscoll signing a deal with the Arizona Cardinals. And then Blaine Gabbert signed a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. But the three big stories that I want to go over from a fantasy perspective. First, the Pittsburgh Steelers are expected to trade for Allen Robinson from the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Jake, is Allen Robinson at all interesting to you in fantasy? None. No. Allen Robinson or... Just trying to think of someone off the top of my head. Allen Robinson or Odell Beckham? Beckham. Allen Robinson or Rashad Bateman? Bateman. Allen Robinson or Tyler Boyd? Oof. I'll probably go Robinson, but it's 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 very close. Okay. Allen Robinson or Adam Thielen? Oh, Thielen. Not even. I don't think that's relatively close for me. Okay. Uh, Allen Robinson or Nico Collins? <laughs> I know. I'm like scraping bottom of the mouth. Yeah, wow. Um, who the hell are the receivers that the Texans have? Uh, right now, and, Nico and, Collins. And, and, and now receiver. that I'm hearing, now I'm hearing, I, I don't know what you've heard, but just from the reports that I read, the, the Texans are not taking a quarterback at number two now. They are exploring it. That's that's fuck, dude. Just that that's a terrible franchise. If they don't take a quarterback at number two, listen. This is this is the the time of year where we get into funny season. So I just want to preface that before I say what I'm about to say. But how does that make any sense? What are they? What are they? Like when are they going to take a quarterback? Exactly. They are in the only thing that I could possibly think of is that they want to suck so bad that they get Caleb Williams next year. That is the only reason why you do not take a quarterback right now. Maybe uh, maybe they want to trade back, and maybe they think maybe the Colts want to trade up to number two and take C.J. Stroud, and then the the Texans like either um, Will Levis or – 
Uh, Anthony, Anthony Richardson? Richardson? Maybe. Maybe. I actually heard a spicy rumor from Peter Schrager of the NFL Network, who's very well connected in league circles, that teams prefer Hendon Hooker, who I actually prefer Hendon Hooker <laughs> over Will Levis. But team, what do you, what do you make of that? I think it just says to me that Hendon Hooker has aced the interviews, which is what I've heard all along, and that he is just – he is the – on ta- talent. The talent is could be level to what it is with Will Levis. Levis has the better medicals. There are no medical issues with Levis where there are with Hendon Hooker. But the person that we've seen this time and time again, that good people get elevated, that good locker room guys get elevated. And that's what everything that I've heard with Hendon Hooker is that he is just a absolute gem of a human being. So that absolutely helps his case. And I and I do believe, and I, I'm standing by this take, I do think that he is going to be the fifth quarterback that gets drafted in round one. I definitely believe that. Yeah. I, I think he will go in late round one, maybe early round two type deal, but I love Hendon yep. Hooker. I was not I shy think, about that when we did the prospect report. I genuinely think, too, that his window opens up in the second half of round one. I think when we get to, like, pick 16 I, I, is shit, when you man, see his in, window opening in, in up. In Schrager's mock, he had him going 11 to the Titans. I Listen, and I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be that shocked. I think 11 might be a little too soon. But anyway, the, the future for the Houston Texans, it can't be that much more clear for you. You have C.J. Stroud there at number two. You take him. He's my QB one. I would take him at number one. You're getting my favorite quarterback at number two. And then at number 12, in all likelihood, bearing any trade-ups, you have his running mate at Ohio State and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And you're probably going to suck this year. And you can draft Marvin Harrison next year. The future could not be more evident for the Texans, for everybody besides Nick Casario and the Texans. I mean, what are we doing here? Again, before I say what I'm about to say, the only reason why they do this is to absolutely suck for Caleb Williams. It makes no if sense. they do not draft a quarterback, I will lose all ounce of hope for the Houston Texans to have a competent franchise with the regime that they have in charge. So also, I'm sorry, buddy, but like... No, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was done. But like Jalen Carter at number two, I heard they were thinking about... that. That's, again... But we talked about this with Jalen Carter. That's how you get fired. I heard something about Casario wanting to bet. And it does. It is relatively reminiscent of Mike McCagnan with the Jets before the draft. We heard the rumors. Hey, Jets might want McCagnan out. And then after the draft, it ended up being true. Hearing the rumors from obviously I'm not hearing it from people around the league. You know, um, you would know more about that than I would. Mm -hmm. But. I heard that Nick Casario might be going back to the Patriots or something like that. Yeah, I haven't heard about that officially, but I, I've seen that being floated around. Yeah, I, I mean, shit. If, if you're taking Jalen Carter, that's that's a clear. I don't really give a shit <laughs> type yeah. of move. Agreed. But Agreed. my God, what a terrible for what a disaster. I mean, how is D'Amico Ryan's taking that job? Didn't he have like other options or something like that? They were saying. Uh, apparently, apparently, if you want to believe, if you want to believe that, yeah, he did. My God, that is a terrible job. My my guess is that he was promised some level of autonomy of to do. He was probably giving a mulligan for this year, like, hey, we're gonna suck really bad this year. I mean, if yeah. they're not drafted, how are they not? How are you not taking that job with a clear cut understanding? Hey. 
we're drafting a quarterback. Like, yeah, no problem. We don't need to draft the quarterback. Davis Mills. Like, who's going to start for the Texans next year if they don't draft the quarterback? It would probably honestly be Davis Mills. Oh, my God. So, yeah, no Nico Collins. <laughs> Disaster. That did No. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> no. Um, the next bit of business, Jalen Hurts signs a five-year, $255 million contract extension with the Philadelphia Eagles. That includes $179 million guaranteed, the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League. Jake, is he still your QB3 behind Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Oof. Haven't actually really thought through any fantasy rankings, but I don't see anybody... I would maybe have Joe Burrow ahead of him. Yep. I think that would probably be the next guy. Um, if I weren't, if I wasn't going to have Jalen Hurts, um, yeah, sure. He, he, he the rushing upside, sure. QB three, but Burrow. It's funny because remember last year we hated on Burrow being the QB four. Yep. And where did he finish? He finished as the QB four. Yeah, I mean he's kind of the QB four now, you know. No, he is. He's comfortable with the QB4. He's comfortable with the QB4 in my ranks. Jalen Hurts is the QB3. And then Justin Herbert is the QB5, I assume, in your ranks? In my ranks, the QB5 for me is Justin Fields. Ooh, over Justin Herbert. I think I would go Herbert over Fields. I don't think – I think I would take Herbert. I have Herbert right now at six. And then yeah, Lamar, I, I like Lamar at seven. Yeah, I like Herbert next year a lot. Now, if if Lamar does resign, there is the chance that I would put Lamar over over Herbert. I mean, shit, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers next year. <laughs> All my leagues in the Rodgers right never... now in my ranks, I have him as the I am as the QB fifteen right now. Yeah, you can. I I think you're going to move him up. Yeah, yeah. I, I think once once the trade is confirmed, this this is still as Green Bay Packer Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I haven't yeah. moved him. <laughs> I haven't I think moved you're, him to New York Jets level yet. I think you'll update that hopefully soon. Yeah, but I mean, a lot of those guys are pretty much QB. QB is so deep, and we're going to do position yeah. previews in like within a month. So it's like you know we'll we'll definitely uh, get into it. But uh, as for Jalen Hurts in my overalls, I just want to see where I have him. I have Jalen Hurts as I have him as a fourth round pick in twelve team leagues and forty first overall. So. Not not too shabby. Uh, he's pretty much in the same sort of cluster as Josh Allen and 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 Patrick Mahomes. I kind of wonder if maybe I get to a point where I would consider Hertz over Mahomes in four point per passing touchdown league, six point per passing touchdown. I still think I'm leaning Mahomes, but in four, there's a possibility that maybe Hertz gets closer to Mahomes, but. I ain't, still, a, I ain't taking a quarterback that high anyway. No. So no, 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 no. Unless, concern. unless, unless you're going zero RB and you want to go uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, which yeah, that'd be that'd be tasty. Uh, and then the final piece of news: Dalvin Cook. There is reports that are saying that Dalvin Cook could be cut or traded by the Minnesota Vikings once his injured shoulder heals. Uh, Let's start with this one first. Jake, uh, if Dalvin Cook does get cut by the Minnesota Vikings, where do you see as a potential fit for him? Um, I have two potential destinations. I, everybody says Miami, 
I don't see it. Well, like, what are they going to do with Raheem Mostert and, and Jeff Wilson? You know what I'm saying? Exactly right. Very strange. I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills to play with his brother James Cook as an obvious destination. And how about this one? How about the Chicago Bears? Sure. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's a great fit. I'll give, I'll give you one more as well, depending on if the price is right and what they do during the draft, because I think we all know that they're going to be drafting a uh, running back at some point. Uh, how about the Dallas Cowboys? If they don't get their hands yeah. on Bijan Robinson, if they don't get their hands, I've heard they have some interest in Zach Charbonnet in round two, potentially. I think Jameer three. Gibbs might go to the Cowboys too, in all honesty. Who? I'm sorry. I think Gibbs might go to the Cowboys as well. He could in round two if, if he's potentially there. No, I just, round I, one. I heard. I think he's going in round one. I've heard mixed. I've heard mixed things from, about it. That's hurt. That's a hot rumor from. I I think it's good information that he's going in round one. Hey, listen, I believe it. I, yeah. I definitely believe it. There are teams at the back end of round one that could that could use a running back. Like yep. I think the Philadelphia Eagles could absolutely use a running back. Like that makes a, a, an absolute shit ton of sense. And who knows who could potentially trade back in? Yeah, you know, you have Buffalo back there too. You never know. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but then let's play this game. If Dalvin Cook gets released, and I think we know that Minnesota probably would bring in another running back. But let's just say that they do, yeah. and they draft a running back in round the mid rounds, round round four, round five, round. It's, it's Alexander Madison time. It might just be Alexander Madison time. I have him in my ranks right now as my RB. Let me get this up in in PPR. I have him in my ranks as my RB forty one. As he's getting right moved now. up at least 20 spots in those ranks if he's the RB1 in Minnesota. I See, here's where I struggle with with the whole Alexander Madison thing. Because I do agree. I, I, I do agree that he has a prime opportunity to be a top 24 running back. You, you I, want a bold take? Sure. Alexander Madison will be the new Austin Eckler. Ooh. Remember, Eckler was always the guy behind Melvin Gordon when he got his time to play. He shines. Gordon goes, gets cut, gets you know, gets the money elsewhere. Eckler's time to shine never looks back. Madison is a great pass catcher too. He's a true three-down back. He knows how to pass block. All those years playing behind Dalvin Cook, when he's filled in, he's done a great job. Still young, not a lot of miles on the tires. Came back probably with an understanding that he has an increased role. He's going to be an Austin Eckler. I, I I have a lot of faith in Alexander Madison. I'm interested in him in all formats. So the way I look at it is, as well is, is Alexander Madison will be 25 will be 25 years old when the when the season starts. It, it, yeah, just got Nuts. the new two year contract extension. If we look at Dalvin Cook's numbers, I think what we saw at the Minnesota Vikings from from a year ago is they definitely transitioned from that ground and pound run first team that they were under Mike Zimmer, and they definitely turned into a more downfield passing team under Kevin O'Connell. But if you look at Dalvin Cook's numbers from a year ago, he had 264 carries for 1,173 rushing yards, 4.4 yards per clip, eight touchdowns, and then in the catching department, 39 catches on 56 targets. Jake, do you think those numbers could be realistic for Alexander Madison? So 
Yeah, I do. I, I that's the thing. Like, I don't think Dalvin Cook had the greatest year. He didn't. Is that you know what I'm saying? So no, I, I think better I can expect from Alexander Madison. Double the touchdown guy. That's tough, but yes, touch total between passing and uh, rushing. Um, yeah, sure. I think so. I think a hundred percent actually between the passing and the rushing. All right. So let's, let's say Alexander Madison is the guy is the featured guy for the Minnesota Vikings. Let's play this game. America's favorite game. Some would say, would you rather in full Alexander Madison or Rashad white? Madison. Madison for me. Madison or Tyler Algier? Madison, not even close. Really? Not even close. It's Madison, but it, it, it is closer for me. Not interested at all in Algier. Not in the slightest. Really? No. Nope. Huh. Okay. Arthur you, Smith. You were the Algier guy. I'm shocked you turned Well, it was with Arthur Smith. I mean, you know, Fair. like Fair Arthur point. Smith, there's Cordell Patterson still there. Lord knows who he's bringing in in the draft. I'm sorry, who else there? Who else there? Mommy. <laughs> Thank there. you. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm all right with, with, with Arthur Smith. I don't want any Atlanta Falcons player on my fantasy team this year. No thanks. How about this one? Uh, Alexander Madison or James Conner? Madison? Why would I want anybody from the Cardinals this year? I See, I think the Cardinals <laughs> are very much in the same position as like as like the Falcons and the Texans. The Texans, yeah. No. They, they could very well Ooh. be the worst roster in the National Football League. They they're going to be drafting number one next year. I think I Kyler Murray it. is is gone. Like he'll uh, never play for the Cardinals it. again. Yeah, I I absolutely believe that. I really really Aaron, do. Who's starting this year for the Cardinals? Colt McCoy. Probably. Dude, that's a tanking team right there. You're telling me that's a team I, not tanking with Colt McCoy as the starting quarterback? A nightmare. It's a nightmare. nightmare. How are they going to win a game this year? <laughs> when when Kyler comes back, hopefully. If he does, I'll Kyler coming back. I think they're going to start out off like 0 and 9, and then you're going to hear the mutually agreed to part ways and find a trade partner. He ain't playing this year. No way. Alexander Madison or Isaiah Pacheco? Tough, but give me Madison. Yeah, give me Madison. If he's suspended for four games, Madison or Kamara? If he's suspended for four games, Madison. Yes. I don't. I don't want Kamara either. With okay. Carr, it's a little interesting, though. With Carr, it's 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 a little different. Okay. With I think Carr helps Kamara. Okay, but you're still taking Madison. Yeah, Kamara's gonna be suspended though, at least four games. Alexander Madison or Damian Pierce? Madison, not close. Okay. All right, now we're getting now we're getting to some of the heavy hitters. Alexander Madison or Cam Akers? Give me Madison. Wow. I think I'd go Madison too, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, Alexander Madison or Miles Sanders? Madison. I'm going Sanders. That's that's where I that's where I think I draw the line. Uh Madison or Aaron Jones? Jones. Yeah. Okay. So Jones. Uh here's one that maybe could be a little bit crazy. I'm curious what you'd say about this one. Alexander Madison or Najee Harris? Give me Najee, but I don't okay. love it. Okay, yeah, Najee for me as well. And then I'll give you one more before we get into the linebackers. Alexander Madison, or we'll play this 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 what if game here. Alexander Madison or Bijan Robinson on the Washington Commanders. Bijan. Alexander Madison or Bijan on the Cowboys. B- come on. Okay, good. 
uh, Alexander Madison or Bijan on the Patriots. Now that's a little interesting. <laughs> I think I'd, I think I'd still go Bijan. I tell you, that'd be that'd be one hell of a of a duo. That would suck. Bijan and Stevenson, but that would suck. Yeah, come on. But at least, but you you would know. At least you would know. I think with that, you at least would know that the Patriots really want Mac Jones throwing the ball one time a game. Oh no, yeah. He would not throw a pass. No. He absolutely would not. No. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. Like, oh my God. So at least at least you would know that they're both going to be fantasy relevant. But like, who's going to get the majority of the work? Fuck knows. Uh, Fuck but, knows, yeah. So, let's do it. Let's get into the linebackers. And let's have our nice little discussion about the happenings of the linebacker position. So, Jake, your top five linebackers, pretty please. I went first last time, just so you know. But oh, okay, so I'll go first. I'll go first. Ahead. Yeah, I have no problem. So I have Derek Hall at five out of Auburn. I have Andre Carter the second out of Army. I have Drew Sanders out of Arkansas at number three. I have Trenton Simpson out of Clemson at number two. And then I have the tackling machine himself, Jack Campbell, number one out of Iowa. All right. Definitely a little different here, which is cool. Good. I like it. I have at number five, Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. Number four, I I have Noah Sewell out of Oregon. Number three, I have Jack Campbell out of Iowa. At number two, I have Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. And at number one, I have Trenton Simpson out of Clemson. And who's who's your sleeper? Mine is Noah Sewell, by the way. Uh, sleeper here, I have Henry Toto from the University of Alabama. Okay. So let's start with uh, – well, I think the first thing that I want to talk about very quickly is I want to talk about – the linebacking position, the linebacker position as a whole. And this is just from the amount of people that I've talked to in and around the the scouting community when discussing linebackers. And the, the word that I've gotten is that the window for the linebackers don't really start until we get to late round one and then into round two. There really aren't too many linebackers that we're going to be talking about as round one talents. Like, I genuinely believe, and this is, again, what I've heard through the scouting community, that the window for the linebackers will open up with Buffalo at 26 because they did just lose Tremaine Edmonds, so they need to fill that hole. And They've had visits with Drew Sanders at least. You know, that's been one linebacker that has been uh, they're officially to Buffalo, but uh, I genuinely believe in Jake. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I think that this linebacking class is one of the weaker linebacking classes. Like we're not going to have too many that are be going in round one. I think the real window for the linebackers really, really opens up in round two. Listen, man, I'd be shocked if Trenton Simpson's on a first round pick. Interesting. Be shocked. Um, He would have been my favorite linebacker last year as well for whatever it's worth 
true chess piece all across the board. Can play safety, can play nickel. He runs like a corner, and he's playing linebacker. The only thing with him that I didn't love was wasn't the greatest tackler. Um, definitely think that needs to be redefined in his game, uh, his tackling technique. But coverage skills off the charts. You can use him as a blitzer as well because he's so fast off the edge. And he can truly play three downs. And he's not a liability in pass coverage. You can cover running backs out of the backfield. You can cover guys in the slot even. cover tight ends. He's tailor-made for all that stuff in the modern-day NFL. And he can also set the edge, too, because he's so fast, especially with the way the game is going nowadays with the triple option. So the mobile quarterbacks, he's able to set that edge and contain them. I don't know how he's not picked in the first round. This guy was so good for me, honestly. So I could I could tell you the whole thing with 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 Simpson and why there is this doubt as to whether or not he'll be taking it taken in round one because I I agree with you but I also want to preface this by saying that his 2021 tape stood out to me more than the 2022 tape did and the 2022 tape was good it wasn't it wasn't anything where I had my jaw on the floor the 2021 tape was stellar with him. Only 406 yards were allowed in his career while in coverage on 612 co- coverage snaps. That is ridiculous. And we even saw him at points in 2021, referencing the 2021 film now, where he was slotting up in the he, he was in the slot. He was playing slot yeah. corner for Clemson. He he can run like he's very reminiscent of Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. Very similar. Very, very similar very player. Similar. And I loved Isaiah Simmons coming out of college too. And I was see, that's where I wasn't an Isaiah Simmons guy. No, well, you needed the right coordinator. It was, it was all Isaiah about Simmons the guy. It, 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 same thing with this guy too. You need the right defensive coordinator. You need yes. to have a plan in place with this guy. You need to have mm-hmm. a set set of plays with him. He can't just show up to your building and say, you know what, we're gonna figure it out when he gets here. No, no, no. Like this needs to be thought of before you draft the player. Um the Arizona Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury. Come on. Agreed. Agreed. And I think Simmons played Simmons played pretty well last year for the Cardinals, right? Didn't he have his best year? Yeah. Yeah. He, oh, he 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 was very good last year. He was very good last year. So it took him a little bit of time. And I think I think this guy, if he goes to like Buffalo, oh, if I'm Buffalo, I'm I'm running this card up there. I don't know how Buffalo doesn't take this guy with losing Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, that's uh, he the same sort of style, that same rangy, uber athletic, explosive linebacker that you could put on anybody. Because Buffalo loves their linebackers that can drop back in coverage. They yeah. absolutely get a full-on rager. But we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk about him. But Drew Sanders is a very similar player. Very similar. Um, yes. But I just, I guess that's how I am with my 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 linebackers. I love guys that, you know what? Right away, if they can play on third down, and with the way the league is going nowadays, with all these triple option concepts, with all the vertical passing game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you always want to be in a position of strength and advantage where you don't want to be having smaller guys cover tight ends or slower guys covering guys out of the backfield or slower guys in the slot. Like, I, that's why I like my linebackers to play all three downs rather than, all right, well, this guy will be, you know, the, the guy that plays in the mic on first and second down be in, is more of my run stuffer. And then on third down, we take them off. And especially with the up-tempo offenses where substitutions are so much di- more difficult these days. Um, I-, I really gravitate towards these guys because I think that stuff can be developed on early downs with NFL coaching. Uh, I would assume these guys would bulk up a little bit more too with NFL uh, strength and conditioning programs 
And that type of stuff to me can be developed and you can coach. Mm-hmm. But listen, we can't teach four, three, whatever this guy ran in the combine. We just can't. No. We can't we can't teach ball skills like a defensive back. We we can't do any of that. We can't develop him into a guy that we can play on passing downs at a high level. He ran a four four three forty at the combine that was in the ninety eighth percentile. That that's just ridiculous. That's ridiculous end to end speed. Uh, you cannot teach that. I think the thing with Simpson though that I do want to see a little bit if he's going to be. It really depends on what you want to do with him. Yeah. I think he is more of your ball to ball linebacker personally. Um, I want to see him more. I want to see him improve with shedding blocks more. I thought that was a big issue for him. Uh, man, man-to-man coverage. I thought he was a little lacking. I thought he was much better in zone uh, coverage concepts. I think he's a little raw, but there's no doubt that the athletic traits with him are just through the roof. And he doesn't he doesn't rely on that athleticism either. I think he's a very very good football player with a very very high football IQ. There just needs to be a bit of polishing done with him. And that's what puts him below Jack uh, Jack Campbell for me in, in, in my yeah. ranks. And the thing is, though, with me, when Sim- Simpson dominated, dominated. It wasn't like sure. he's a project or anything like that. He comp- he was the best player on that defense for me. Ahead of Miles Murphy, ahead of the defensive tackle, uh, Breezy. He, he, he is by far the best player on that defense for me. If I, if I had to make a pick of anybody in that Clemson defense first, it's Trenton Simpson. Hands yep. down, to me, was that was the anchor of that defense. And out of all the linebackers, not, I don't think anybody had nearly as dominant of tape as Trenton Simpson. And listen, I, I think with him, the reason why, and I, I alluded to this earlier, I didn't complete the thought, the reason why that teams are a little bit skeptical of him from what I've been told is there were teams that loved the 2021 tape so much that they were expecting the 2022 tape to be even better. And it wasn't. And because of that, there were it from what I was told, there have been at least five teams that have taken him off of their board or dropped him completely. Yeah. I think the Clemson defense really did miss Brett Venables too. Um, Yes. This year. For sure. But look, man, those teams are out of their mind, out of their, out of their minds. I would draft this kid to me. I just don't know how like who was drafted. Like Devin Lloyd was the was my linebacker one last year, if I remember yes. correctly. This or or Nicobe Dean, one of the other. No, it was definitely not Nicobe Dean. Then then um, yes, it was Devin Lloyd. This kid is way better than him. This kid is better than him. I, I honestly think he's better than Owusu Karamoa in that draft. Yeah. I, I I he's definitely more versatile than Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa was. Yeah. I look. He's right up there. I, I don't know how this kid isn't taken in the first round. I would be shocked if this kid is not a first round pick. Completely I think I, I don't think it's a reflection on the kid. I think it's more of a reflection on the on the on the class as a whole. Yeah. Well, there the, are people the, that don't think the line this linebacking class is really they're out of their minds. Completely really out of their all, minds. Really all that good. But is there a chance? Absolutely there is. Absolutely I, like, there I'm is. looking, I'm like looking at guys who have been mocked as first round picks. Like if we're seeing guys like, you know. I don't know, man. Just like name name a name a freaking guy. Like, uh, Maisie Smith. Yeah, exactly. Well, he's not getting drafted in the first round. No, he's not getting drafted in the first round. Like, for instance, like, you know, come. I don't want to be disrespectful. I like all these guys, but 
I mean, if, if Brian Branch, who I like a lot, a safety is getting drafted before this sure. guy, I don't say it. You know, I don't think two tight ends should get drafted ahead of this guy either. What about someone like uh, maybe an, maybe the edge rusher out of Kansas State, Felix Uno DK Azumoa? No. Okay. So let's go to my number one uh, linebacker in the class. This is Jack Campbell out of Iowa. For me, he's just Mister Reliable. You want to line him any line him up anywhere, he's going to get it done. Uh, the range outstanding, size build terrific. Six five two fifty. Uh, was the number one ranked linebacker in Pro Football Focus power uh, out of all the Power Five linebackers in the entire country. Uh, for me, this is this is your guy. If you're looking for an out and out linebacker that's going to be a steady Sunday player for the next ten years, this is definitely your guy. I absolutely love the sort of violence and the physicality that he brings to the table. Was the Buckus Award winner in 2022. Uh, he is an absolutely outstanding tackler, and that was one of the things definitely separated him from Trenton Simpson for me, um, in, especially in space. He can bring down running backs and receivers at will uh, if need be. The hips are fluid, um, and I think he really he, he's a smart football player. I like the I like the routes that he that he takes to get to the tackler, makes plays on the ball as well. He's a leader, was a team captain at the University of Iowa. Speed, as I mentioned before, absolutely fantastic. High football IQ, good character kid from what I've heard. The only thing with him is that the knee is a problem. He did have a knee injury early in 2022. He will need to be cleared medically, but everything that I've heard so far is that Jack Campbell's knee does does check out. Um, whether it checks out for him to be considered a potential late round one target, I don't know. But there's no doubt for me that he should be a guy that's that's taken middle of day two. And this is a guy that could be a plug-and-play linebacker right away for a team. Yeah, listen, the thing for me is, no doubt, really good football player. Yeah. Um, definitely think he's close to his plug-and-play as it gets. I just don't know if the ceiling is as high as I would want it to be my top linebacker, if that makes sense. Whereas where I did see some... Very good things on tape. Don't 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 get it twisted. Like, you know, at the line of scrimmage, this kid was an absolute beast. But am I seeing the real special intangibles that I saw in like Trenton Simpson and Drew Sanders to a little bit lesser of an extent? I just don't really see those real special traits. Like, I think he can be a very good player, an above average starter, but is he a guy that's a perennial all-pro? Hmm. I'm not so sure about that. And the versatility for me, I've seen I, I guess maybe I, I don't want to say I've seen guys like him before and they've turned into be good pros, but I like the guys that are a little different, if that makes sense. I like the chess pieces. I just think that that is the type of linebacker that is needed in this day and age. He he is like a guy where maybe 10 years ago, he's by far the best linebacker in this class with how linebackers were used and how they weren't used back in that day. I think the ceiling is just not as great as those, as those other guys, but he is a high-floor prospect guy for me. I, I think he is – I don't want to call him bust-proof, but he's a guy where you look back and you don't say to yourself, what the hell were we thinking drafting that kid? That that kid was a complete whiff. You know what I'm saying? I, and Jake, I completely agree with you. He's a traditional linebacker out and out. He's not going to do anything flashy like Trenton Simpson will. 
And that I think is the difference. And I agree with you that if you're looking for your more of your potential Pro Bowl candidate, Trenton Simpson is that. But if you're looking for, like I said, that out and out linebacker that's going to be your Sunday player, maybe he gets an all pro or two in his career, maybe. That's Jack Campbell. He's going to be a solid, solid player throughout his career. Problem is that in the pro game that we're in right now, those traditional style linebackers just don't get the same amount of love as they did. Like you said, Jake, like we're talking 10 years ago. They, they, they just don't. And and that's the that's sort of the issue um, on the fossil. And I love those kind of linebackers. So Jack Campbell definitely is more my guy. But I do agree with you. Trenton Simpson has that more Pro Bowl talent than Jack Campbell does. While I also agree with you that I think Jack Campbell is definitely not, again, not saying bust proof because he does have the knee and the medicals are a little bit sketchy. I don't love that, but outside of that as clean of tape as, as, as you would like. Yeah. So let's go to number three. Let's go to number three. And that is drew Sanders out of the university of Arkansas. Again, a really, really, really solid tape. Started out his collegiate career at the University of Alabama, then transferred to Arkansas, and it was the second that he moved from being an edge rusher at Alabama to be then turning into an off-ball linebacker at Arkansas is where he absolutely flourished. 11 sacks, 39 pressures as a blitzer by himself in 2022. A, a really, really good good tape not anything that was really wow worthy um the issue that i think a lot of scouts have with him that i've heard is that there are there are teams that don't really know what drew sanders's role is there are teams that like him enough as a talent to be a first round potential grade but don't know if they could take him there because they don't really know where he fits in on on their defense um i think he's undersized at 6'4 235 to be a traditional edge rusher could add could add some weight. I think he has the frame for it. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what a team wants to do with him. I think he definitely is another one where you need to put him in the right situation for him to for him to really thrive. Um, but his draft stock is all based around his potential, given the athletic and pass rushing traits that he have that he has, which I think are are off the charts. So I like Drew Sanders a whole lot. Uh, an interesting, very interesting prospect by. Uh, all accounts, and uh, I'm very curious, Jake, what you think about uh, Mr. Sanders. Uh, a little bit of breaking news real quick. Giannis Antetokounmpo is listed as doubtful for tomorrow against the Miami Heat. Does not look like Giannis will play. So, something to keep an eye on there. Uh, as far as Drew Sanders goes, you're right. I would have loved to have seen another year from him at Arkansas, but it's interesting because it seems like his compl- his position just completely changed from going from Alabama to Arkansas. That's and it. it seems like more, more of a natural fit for what he does well. To me, it's just he's a really explosive athlete. Like his first step is ex- exceptional. And while there are some things where you go, all right, you know what? He needs to do that better. No doubt. Like he's not the best tackler. He's not the best. He doesn't have the best instincts. He makes some plays where you really scratch your head and you go, you're, listen, you're not in the right spot there. You overran that or, you know, just simple things and, and you're flat footed, basic things where I think that comes with experience. He is definitely more of a projection than a finished product for me. 
Um, you're right. The role, it, it's interesting because off the edge, he's pretty darn explosive off the edge where he can contribute as a blitzer. And I think that's definitely his best aspect to his game is his ability to hit the quarterback. Is he big enough to do that at the next level? We, you know, I don't want to make any bizarre comparisons or anything like that, but there was once upon a time a guy named Micah Parsons who was a little bit of a similar player, dare I say, to this guy. I'm obviously not comparing him to Micah or anything like that, but could he be used in that type of role? Maybe. It's just the role. I don't know what his role is either, if that makes sense, but I think there's a role for him. I don't know what the hell it is, but the measurables are off the charts. The And it wasn't like his tape was bad or it wasn't great. It was good. It was good enough mm-hmm. for the type of player that he is. And I think that is – and teams need to be patient with him. Hopefully he goes to a place where he can learn rather, rather than be thrown into the fire. But I think that the projection for him, it will be he's, – he's like a two-year guy, if that makes sense. Sure. You have those guys in the draft where they're plug-and-play guys. You have other guys where – be patient with them. After two years, they're really going to pop. They won't just be, oh, well, they're pretty good. It's No, they're going to pop, and they're going to pop in a big way. And to me, he's one of those guys. So let's go to the University of Oregon. Let's talk about Noah Sewell, Jake's number four linebacker, my sleeper prospect. Uh, with him, it's very simple. I think he, his role is very well defined at the Nash, in the National Football League. Jake, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, if you are a team and you are a defense that loves to blitz and blitz often, that is 1000% your guy. He is quick. He is nimble. 4640 at the combine, not too shabby. 6'1, 246, and a lot of room to grow as a 20 year old prospect, much like his brother, Penne Sewell, who, of course, was drafted by the Detroit Lions just a couple of years ago. I love I love the raw ability that this kid has. I think he could be a really nice a really nice gadget player at the next level for a team that just wants to really let the pit bull off of the chain a little bit on the on the other side. He he's a very very interesting prospect. The only thing with him is that if you're not sending him after the quarterback, he really doesn't offer much for me um in other areas. I think he needs to grow a lot as someone's going to drop back in coverage. I don't know if you could do that with him right away, but get him in space and you want him to just make tackles and get after the quarterback. He could absolutely do that as, as like a third down third and long pass rush sort of guy. Yeah. Uh, look, the big thing with him is he's not big enough to not run and move good enough. Sure. I hope I'm phrasing that correctly where, Hey, listen, if you're a little undersized, like Trenton Simpson's not the biggest guy in the world. Um, I, I don't have his exact measurements off the top of my head. Just by looking at him with, or uh, without Trenton heads. Simpson is six. He's six two two thirty five. Okay, so he's not the biggest guy in the world either, but he's doing something like the way he moves. Like nobody can move the the way he can he can in this draft class. Whereas with Noah Sewell, he's not standing out. It's not like he's a complete slug, if that makes sense. And it's not like you know he's the frail man, but. You need to really, if you're six one, what did you say again? He was like two thirty or something like uh, that. Six one two forty six. Oh, two forty six. All right. Well, listen. Still, that's not the biggest guy in the world to me. And he just no, moved. He moved like a little robotic, and there was plays where you just say to yourself, "What the hell was he doing there?" Mm-hmm. Like, not like, "Wow, that wasn't good." It was just like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" 
And then you see the holes in his game, and then you say, yeah, the next level probably can't get away with that. But, wow, that was a really, really good pursuit of the quarterback right there. He lay, And when he would hit the quarterback, he would absolutely demolish the quarterback. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like It was like open season on these quarterbacks if he can get a blow on them. So Prime scene. You need to be patient. I agree, only 20 years old. You hope that I, – I think his body is like a little awkward too, as weird as it says. I think he honestly would be better off cutting a little bit of weight to become a little bit more agile to where you can play him on those passing downs and you can really teach him – you know, ball skills, coverage for me. You know what I'm saying? Like really evolve his game more to the next level to be more of kind of like that that hybrid safety linebacker type to where you can use him as a blitzer, but you can disguise him as well as a blitzer and drop him back into coverage and really grow his arsenal. Like he's not going to be that traditional 3-4 bruiser up the middle. No, like that. that's Jack Campbell for me in this draft, like through and through. This guy is more of a, and it's an interesting class in that perspective. Like me, I really value guys like that. I think that's where the game is trending. Um, but this is the type of guy where I think in a 4-3 where you can kind of use him as that linebacker safety, and that's what you really want to develop him as over time to, to make him more useful. Because you're not drafting. I mean, look, the kid's going to get drafted in what, like the second or third round, you yeah. would think. You probably don't want just a third down pass rushing specialist on day two of the draft. Agreed. You want more than that. And to me, he can at 20 years old. And I think he needs to cut a little bit of weight. Like he's not going to get any taller. So if he cuts a little weight, becomes a little bit more quicker and you teach him the ins and outs of covering guys at the next level. Yeah. I, I think you found yourself a really valuable piece to your defense. So the next guy I definitely want to talk about is Henry Tolotolo from the University of Alabama. For me, he's one of the most athletic, athletically gifted linebackers in this entire class. The athletic talents are not under question at all. Um, for me, though, he, just everything outside of that, the actual football talent with him kind of is very middle of the road and very average. He's not a guy that I'm comfortable with putting his hand in the dirt and having him get after the quarterback. He's not a guy that I'm really comfortable with sending in on a blitz. Um, he's not the best in pass coverage because kind of missed tackles. Technically is not the most gifted guy I've ever, I've ever seen. Um, and at the next level, I think the technical flaws that he has in his game will be exposed. Um, whereas in the SEC in Alabama, he was able to get away with it because of how athletic he is. Um, but for me, he could turn into a solid NFL starter if he just develops more, I guess more of a more well-rounded football IQ, I guess is what I'm just, tr I'm trying to say a very, very raw prospect um, in all areas outside of him just being a gym rat. Yeah. I, the thing is he wasn't a great athlete, but he was an above average athlete for me, mm -hmm. more of an athlete than a football player. I think I don't, I don't know exactly if he was a senior or not. I think he would have benefited by staying in school a little bit more. So it's more of a projection with him to where he he just didn't quite make the list. And he really wasn't even in my top six or so. Like he was barely Lower. in my top 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he's a guy that I can see putting it together. It might just take him a little bit uh, later to click, if that makes sense. Some guys, it just takes a little bit of time. So I, I still have hope for him because he does have some pretty above average qualities to his game. And he does move. I don't want to say differently because that's 
a very you don't really want to throw that term out there too loosely, but um when you watch him, you do see some parts of his game, like his pursuit to guys, for instance. That's an NFL linebacker. Tackling technique, not the best. Doesn't really cover anybody well. Like in terms of just okay, finding the ball, yeah, that he does that pretty well. It's just a lot of the other stuff of his game needs to develop with coaching and honestly, maybe not even playing, if that makes sense. I mean, he was thrusted probably right into the fire at Alabama to be the guy right away on a talented defense to where really, what was he really being asked to do on a defense like that with so much talent? So maybe sitting back and learning behind NFL pros and NFL coaches will really help him develop into a solid enough pro. So your number four linebacker was who? I apologize. Uh, excuse me. I put down the uh, the Excel file. Yeah, sure. Uh, it was Noah Sewell. Ivan Pace Jr. from Cincinnati. That, just was, really the, that quick was the on other him. one. Not really an athlete for me. He was a transfer from Miami, Ohio, so he, he probably wanted to step up in competition. Just the motor and the will on this kid. This kid just doesn't – I don't know, man. He was the type of kid that, you know what, wasn't the most athletic. Wasn't the biggest, wasn't the strongest, wasn't the fastest, but this kid never took a playoff. Like this kid never stopped until the whistle blew and it paid off for him on multiple occasions. And you can kind of use him all over the field. Is he the most, is he above average in pretty much anything? Not really. I mean, he does everything very well. To me, he was more of a balanced prospect, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't a liability for me in any facet. He just wasn't, wow, holy shit. Like this guy is insane, you know? But if you're looking for a high-character guy that always goes 110%, balls to the wall, really good at wrapping up and tackling as well, this kid is going to be a glue guy. And that's why I think I gravitated towards him so much in all this. And just you're talking about a high-character kid, hard worker, just really balanced, has all the tools needed to be a really good player in the NFL. The ceiling is not the highest with him. Just because his, you know, you can't teach some of this stuff if that makes sense. So the ceiling is capped, but I think the floor is so safe with this kid, mm-hmm. like really, really safe. So maybe not number five in a lot of people's lists, but for me, this was a type of guy that I just needed to give some type of recognition to, and I would take, I wouldn't take the risk on some of these other guys. He's a very safe prospect for me. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with you. I think the biggest the biggest knock with him is that his frame is is just not one of the biggest five no. ten two thirty one, uh, only a six foot wingspan on him. But he competes, like you said, Jake. He, he really does. Has a nose for the football. Um, not the most violent at the line of scrimmage or anything like that. But he just finds a way to get like he's somehow the shedding ball. blockers. <laughs> like yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like how is he shedding blockers with that frame? Like how it's because this kid just gives a shit, if that makes sense, yeah. where he wants it more than guys. And that, that, that is something that that goes a long way. Yes, it does. And he's got a very, very good pass rushing arsenal. If need be, if you want to put his hand in the dirt, he could absolutely do it. He's got an, an NFL ready spin move that he has perfected while at the university of Cincinnati. Uh, he gets the ball. He makes plays on the ball. And the one thing with him that I saw on his tape, which I very rarely saw with anybody else is that I did not see this kid on his ass all that often. No, I'm telling you that this is a, a kid where he's, he's going to get underdrafted. Uh, it's just some, a good organization. We say, you say it all the time with these guys, a good organization that really sits down and does their due diligence with this kid. 
is is getting themselves a, a guy that I think will be will be getting a second contract from this particular team. So Jake, before we uh, before we go, teams that you could rattle off very quickly that absolutely need a linebacker. You mentioned the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, um, I think New England could use a linebacker as well, sure. amongst other things. Uh, Your New York Jets? No, no. I would I would be a little surprised if they took a linebacker. Um, they just paid Quincy Williams to come back, and they have C.J. Mosley. I think they'll sign Quan Alexander back on like a cheap deal, one-year mm-hmm. deal. Sure. I, I think maybe next year um, will be a year where they take a linebacker with a premium asset. Maybe... The Giants could always use linebackers as well. I was going to say the New York Giants. They always they, need linebackers. They did sign Bobby Okereke, but they can still use another linebacker. Uh, yeah, I would say those teams in the, in the East and, and also the Arizona Cardinals too, for whatever it's worth. But <laughs> what 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 doesn't – What the don't they Cardinals. need? Yeah, what don't they need at this rate in Arizona? They, they, need, need, they need divine intervention. They, I was literally about to say they need God. They need God. I don't think that's going to help them. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Jake and I will be back with you on Friday. We will be covering the secondary. We'll be doing the safeties and the corners in one episode. And then on Monday, you will be Monday or Tuesday. I think we'll probably do it on Monday just because we want to get it out for you guys. So on Monday, you will be hearing our mock draft. Jake, on a scale of 1 to 10, how excited are you for the mock draft episode? You know what, man? This has been this year. I have done the least amount of mock drafts I've ever done. I think I just yeah. I, I I don't know. I just uh, I I feel like I don't have the greatest feel this year with where guys will go. Um, I hope I'm right, but and also with 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 the trades, it's it's tough. I think in my mock, I'll have guys going to where I think they'll go, but I'm not I'm not going to do trades, but. Um, I, I'll preface it by saying I think they'll probably need to trade up. Like the Indianapolis Colts, for instance, we'll we'll talk about that one. I'd be shocked if Jim Ursay is sitting there at number four. Um as would I on draft night. As would I. So I think Jim Ursay will at least move up to number three in this draft, full full disclosure. Yeah, as do I. And we will definitely talk about that. We will preface it because I think both of our drafts are non trade. Box just to keep no, it. it's it's just too confusing with trades. Yeah, just to make it so much cleaner, um, we won't have trades in it. But yes, of course, we will preface the spots where we think trades could potentially happen. Uh, teams that could trade up, teams that could trade down. We will have that all for you on Monday. But this is it. This is this is the penultimate of the prospect reports. Thank you so much for listening to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fan Show. Leave a five-star review. Tell us what you love the program. For Jake, I am Bird. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.